Hello everyone. So here we are. It's our regular Wednesday live and I'm absolutely delighted to have Ryan Stanier from the Other Art Fair with me, founder of the Other Art Fair. Hello, Ryan. Good afternoon. And we've done our sound check and tech check. I've had a good tour of Ryan's apartment as we've tried to find a stable signal. And uh, that's what we have to face every time when we're doing these is, you know, mm -hmm. Every because you go into a different environment every time, um, we always have to have a bit of a tech check to make sure it's working. And and you'll see that I've insisted on Ryan wearing headphones, so he's his poor child is um, in a cupboard somewhere crying because he's stolen his headphones. <laughs> we won't talk about it. <laughs> no, they're pretty tight. Actually, yeah, I, I think they're only uh, designed for a seven-year-old's head. Yeah. But it is better. We do we do um, get a much better sound when people are wearing headphones. So that's great. And I'm thank you for taking the pain of a seven-year-old's headphones. At least it's not a seven-year-old's T-shirt. That would be looking very awkward. No, but actually this jacket could be a seven-year-old's. It's pretty oh, small. Yeah. But, but good, blue. We love the coordination. Yeah, we appreciate Exactly. It's all, it's all intentional. We appreciate the aesthetic because we're all about the aesthetic. So today, lovely to see everyone and everyone's arriving. And obviously we go live on um, Facebook as well. So um, I'll check the Facebook in a minute. And um, if you've got questions, do add them in there. But also please add your questions into the ask a question box, um, which you should all be able to see at the bottom of your screen. Because last week, lots of people were adding their questions into the sidebar. And I realized when I scrolled through afterwards that we had missed some of your questions. So hi, Nadine. Hi, Emma, Nick, Fran, Vincent. Lots of people arriving um, and saying hi. So thank you. So Ryan is, as I said, is the founder of the Other Art Fair. And today, I, I, we were just having a chat in the green room um, about meditation and distraction and how busy the world is and everything. But when we started art fairs, Ryan and I, like nine, ten years ago, the world was quite a different place. And it'd be really interesting to understand what motivated you to start that art fair. And, you know, put it in context. Mm. Tell us the story. It'd be really interesting to hear your, your thought pattern and why you decided to go the route you did. Well, the world is a pretty different place only two weeks, uh, two months ago, yeah, exactly. let alone nine years ago. Yeah, God, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm slowly coming to terms with that at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I started the art fair back in 2011. Um, and the very simple reason for it was that I had a lot of artist friends um, that were looking to meet galleries or they were looking to sort of get connected to the art world in some way, maybe meet a curator, other artists. Um, but also sell their work. And I just seem to remember that sort of supporting them in going to these shows that they'd be putting on, they'd sort of find like these sort of random little spaces on the outside of London. They put these amazing shows on. And ultimately, I noticed that the only people that were turning up were their sort of friends or their family. They'd turn up for the opening night. We'd all have a drink, really enjoy ourselves, say how great the work was. But ultimately, I'd then talk to them afterwards and they never really seemed to get much from it. I mean, what I mean by that is they didn't really sell any work. They didn't really meet any people they didn't know already. Um, and while it was a good experience to put something on like that, ultimately you're not really progressing your career in any way. Um, so I very simply had this idea of doing a fair where it's the artists themselves that take the booths, 
um, rather than galleries. And then it was sort of an idea where we invited, you know, get as much data together as possible and just really simply invite people, um, whether it be a gallery, you know, anyone in the art world, journalists, anybody, um, but also try and get people that were, I also observed that around that time, a lot of my friends were sort of getting their first apartments and things, and they were looking to buy their first artworks. And even, and if you don't know, if you don't know like the specific websites to go to, although even nine years ago, there weren't really many, mm. um, you didn't know that there were open studios that you could go to. And maybe you're not that adventurous either. There really was a, there are not many places you can go to where you feel comfortable to talk about the artwork and, you know, mm -hmm. and sort of um, potentially buy something. Yeah. So the idea was born of the fair. Um, we sort of select 100, and, it's now 140 artists more or less for each fair. We get about a thousand applications. And then those artists show their work at the fair. And yeah, we get, yeah, it's, it's sort of gone from there. I mean, it started off at the Barge House. That was nine years ago. And I think it was, I think since then. So just to give you a little bit of an idea of the trajectory. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was back in 2011, where we did one show a year at the Barge House. Now we're doing 14 art fairs a year. And I'm running two in Sydney, one in Melbourne, two in Brooklyn, London, three in London, Chicago, two in Dallas, two in LA, and Toronto. Wow. Um, so it's all gone pretty well. Mm. Um, last year we sold... I think at the fairs alone, we sold 12,000 artworks. Um, and that's really just, you know, just to get, put that into context, there's 12,000 artworks of artists that, you know, very early stages of their mm -hmm. career, they're looking for an opportunity, they're looking to sort of, you know, get things going. Um, yeah, and that's kind of where we are. So I'm pretty yeah, proud of that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You should be so proud of that because that's just an amazing trajectory. I mean, very much that context that, context that you describe of, um, you know, the starting point of the art fair idea came about from trying to give artists an mm. opportunity as opposed to giving galleries more of an opportunity. Because I know when, you know, I started Pure in 2009 that the issue was very much the same. It was like, well, I can't get into a gallery in the first place. Yeah. I don't know how to get on that journey. And, you know, pure and sorry, little white dot on my black jumper was aggravating me. Mm -hmm. um, pure and the other art fair very much, you know, took their own journeys on that. And um, the art fairs that you created, one of the things that, you know, struck me back in the early days was what you were saying about bringing lots of people together in a in the space and how you you know the power of the collective the power and uh, embracing the cat power of the network so it's um everyone comes together and it's good for all of those bringing all the energy together into one place yeah yeah i mean i think that's so important and obviously that's what we're all sort of missing out on at the moment by not running fairs um you know and that's probably the toughest bit <clears throat> whilst yeah. we are still trying to do other things and still trying to keep people connected and doing things like this, which is great. Mm. Um, but I think the one thing that everybody would probably agree with is that it's not a substitute for what was, <laughs> or at least yeah. we don't know, we don't know what the viable option necessarily is for what will be. Um, yeah. That's it. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because I always say um, pure was born out of crisis. Pure was born out of the 2008 
financial crash when artists were losing the opportunity to show in galleries, even those who had galleries were having their works returned. And yeah. we created a concept of a big, um, we didn't call it an art fair the first year because we didn't know the term art fair hadn't really become yeah. a thing at that point. We just called it a large, um, I think we did call it an art fair, but we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, yeah exhibition where lots of artists came together and showed their work in one place and we all managed it and marketed it as a group and for me I'm interested now because we can't do that and we can't do that for the foreseeable future because the one thing people don't want is to be bringing <clears throat> big groups of people together that was the principle of the art fair concept is to bring lots of people into one yeah. space at one time what's the opportunity now I wonder What's the new art fair? What's the new art fair? I wonder. Um, I've got different. I mean, different ideas on it, which mm. are. I mean, which include. First of all, I, I'm get. I don't want to say guessing. My um, my feeling towards it is that art fairs will come back, mm. and people will gather again. Mm. It will just, at least for the immediate future, it will just look and feel slightly different. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're not going to have 1500 people in the room at one point, mm. but we might be able to, we'll probably be able to get 500 people in the room at one point. Mm. So, you know, then you've got to look at how you keep that as a viable business model. Well, you know, ultimately I just need, I want to get 15,000 people through over four days. So I've just got to look at it differently to how I do that. So we have like time sessions and things like social distancing is going to remain you know, probably for at least the next year or so. Mm. Um, so, you know, we definitely need to be doing some level of social distancing. There's going to be loads of hand washing facilities in the event. Um, pro you know, people are going to be wearing face masks if they can't social distance, all these sorts of things, mm. all of which are becoming more familiar to us in our day-to-day -day lives. So it's not mm. so unusual. Mm. Um, I guess the way that we're looking at it is that we're looking at how do we put an interesting spin on it. So, yeah, yeah they're sort of, I don't want to say safety measures, but, you know, they, they're these sort of health and safety sort of precautions now that we all have to take. Um, but it's like, how do we make that an interesting, I don't want to say a fun experience, but how do we make it a more sort of interesting experience? So something we've always focused on at the fair is the unexpected. So we're looking at touch points throughout the fair of when you come, you know, those moments where, you go and sort of see a guy, a, I don't know, I'm just thinking of some examples. Yeah. So in a recent fair, we had a, a space called um, Get Nude, Get Drawn. And we had six artists from Brooklyn were in this space. And you could go behind this curtain. You could then go and take your clothes off then stand in front of them. And then they would draw you. And so then you walk away with these like six pictures of you drawn naked, right? Obviously, we were worried about whether people would be interested in doing this at all. Um, but it actually sold out in the first day, which I'm is sure. incredible. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm sure. shows how much people love taking the clothes off. <laughs> um, but, there is a big nudist guess, industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I guess we just got to think about, you know, how do we do stuff like that still? Yeah, um, the experiential. I've always been yeah. um, an advocate of integrating the experiential into the art fair experience and as I know you have you know and we've done that mm. conventionally in the past with music or as you say dynamic interactive yeah. art events um, pop-ups and interesting um, performance etc and I absolutely agree I think 
you know, there's two sides of this is, yes, I absolutely agree. I think um, art fairs will come back, um, but they'll be different. They'll look and feel different because of the health and safety aspect. For us as event organisers, for me, it's the opportunity. Where's that opportunity? And definitely integrating more experiential moments, kind of holding patterns, really, for people. Mm. Um, So you're not having big, you can have gatherings, but gatherings within groups, a bit like we do on the internet it's like okay you're in that room you're in that room you're in that room and then okay now your time slots have changed well that's quite exciting as well it's like yeah right gong now you can all go into a different room i remember uh, them doing things like that at the tate actually at tate modern um where it'd be like you're on a time slot do you remember the glass installation at tate modern where you had to go and queue up and um you could walk through it it was very um scary you walked over what felt like breaking glass i don't know whether you remember that it was a really cool really super cool installation but you had to get a time it was like the um i'm sure you've done this now because you've got small children uh when you go into the shoe shop and you have to take your number oh yeah yeah and you take your number and then you have to wait to be called i think things like that where you i've got a number i'm number 39 and Oh, and now 39 to 74 has been called. Right. OK, I can go and do that. I think things like that absolutely um, yeah. will be is an opportunity for us as event organisers to yeah. actually bring more of our own creativity. I don't know about you, but I did feel Definitely. like become a bit of an administrator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so in some respects. And mm. I guess it's interesting to think about things differently. because These are conversations we've always had. But mm. it's now like, how do you, oh, I have to say it now, but we had a brainstorm the other day and a new colleague of mine called Charlotte, actually, she's um, based in our New York office. And she had this genius idea because we're thinking about sort of how do you serve people drinks? Yeah. You know, in a safe way to sort of um, protect the bar staff, but also the customer. And she kind of decided, she had this idea, which I think is brilliant, of doing like, <laughs> yeah go for it it's all right you're in a safe Shows space oh, okay. yeah just go uh, for it uh, there's no competition that so, we're not there's no competition everyone can do it we shared loads of ideas oh, last no, week no, i was no, like no, trademark oh okay she said about doing like it's called like the glory hole bar okay so you you put your arm in a hole and then you take out a drink so you're not actually then having, having to interact and it's a really fun sort of interesting sort of idea and sort of what happens that. when you you've got to have that you've got to be brave then haven't you to put your that really pushes yeah. our psychological barriers you've got to put your yeah, hand yeah, yeah. in and you don't know someone could really yeah. mess with you couldn't they yeah exactly they maybe could they give do. you anything maybe, maybe they, they do. do yeah maybe they give you jelly maybe, yeah well i mean you know maybe there's like gin and tonic beer wine and you can put in you know for the people that don't want to take a risk yeah and there might be a lucky dip option lucky dip yeah, I love that idea. Genius, Charlotte. Yeah, I know. Yeah, keep, she she's a keeper. She's a keeper. She's a keeper. She's got good ideas. I love that idea. Yeah. It is, it's being playful, isn't it? It's I being it playful. Let's not, we've got the health and safety side that we have to do that's hard, you know, serious. That's serious. That's serious mm. shit. We've got to really take that seriously. Yeah. But it doesn't sure. mean we can't have on the other flip side of that, looking at the opportunity, some really good fun. Yeah. What yeah. do people come to events for? They come to have a good time. Exactly. 
exactly they come to enjoy themselves so more of yeah. that get Charlotte. and we need more charlotte brainstorming yeah exactly what other but, ideas does she got well the other i guess the other thing i'm thinking apple about, bobbing now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that could work that could work <laughs> um also the use of technology i guess is the other thing that we're considering mm -hmm. at the moment it's like how you know what technologies are there out there that sort of enable us to again do things differently mm. um and have you tried sort of, anything yeah we're looking at various options at the moment so we've launched our online studios mm. um because we had to cancel or postpone seven of our fairs at the, at the mm. beginning of the year we then launched something called the other art for on online studios so all of yeah. those artists that were meant to be showing with us we then created a profile for them online and we've been selling their work ever since and that's mm. been going you know really well yeah um but i guess sort of moving forward i'm now thinking about potentially i don't know ideas you know what does it look like to run a virtual art fair yeah what about yeah. having this sort of online experience where we know that people are going to be flying less we know they're going to be traveling less mm. so what would what does it take for us to build a replica of this sydney art fair so somebody in i don't know oklahoma mm can go online and actually get the get get an experience of going to an art fair in Sydney, seeing mm. all the Australian based artists, being mm. able to interact with them, potentially talking to them, mm. getting the work explained and actually having that sort of visitor experience to sort of um, migrating your way around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, as so you know, um, I was talking to you um, about the event that, you know, we developed very quickly on the hoof using this um crowdcast platform and that's very much that experience i wanted to make sure that as part of the uh, offering there was a very live angle to it so people yeah. could actually come on and um talk to the artists and buy directly from the artists to go i'd really love that piece can i buy it yes what's your yeah. email put your email in the sidebar i'll contact you tell me the story and that's you know definitely art 360 which is what we're developing um, or oh, we've launched it already. Um, it's definitely got some of that vibe, but it's it's only small. We can only do it on a, you know, we're yeah, only yeah, a small yeah. company. We're yeah, not sure. we're not cross global. <laughs> like, we'd like to be, but we're not at the moment. Um, no, sure. So we're only being able to do that with 180 artists and then 30 in their studios because you know that's the capacity that it's we still can. Still quite a lot. I mean, I know it's still a lot. That. I mean, that's yeah. It's yeah, a lot of work. it's still a lot. We've done a lot of work, and um, I did suggest 360 artists, and as you can imagine, I had virtually <laughs> virtual arrows and bricks chucked at me by the team, going, "Are you mad? We can't do that." <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't got the capacity, but they they settled at 180, and I thought I, that was quite a big win for me that I managed to persuade mm. them at that level. Yes, but you are. know, um, it'll be interesting to see. We're going to do that in September. It'd be interesting. I'd really appreciate your feedback yeah. um, when you see it as to what you think and how you think we could potentially develop that. I know, you know, you started off as you say at the Barge House in mm. London. And then what do you think was the moment when you pivoted globally? What do you think that happened and enabled you to do that? Well, there's two things. I think there's a turning point for us. Um, I think it's 2014 when um, I actually met Tracy Emin and, and convinced her to do the art fair. And yeah. I think her participating really sort of changed a lot for us. It sort of elevated the fair. Quite profile considerably yeah and the profile especially mm. um then in 2016 was a key point when we partnered up with Saatchi Art mm. so Saatchi Art being um for those who don't know who is like the largest online 
art gallery for, for artists. Um, I think they have somewhere between 80 and 100,000 artists now on their platform. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea was, so, and why I was so interested to partner with them is that it fed into sort of this initial idea I had when I started the fair, which was how do I work with artists all year round? So I can put on a, a live event, an, ex, you know, an art fair, and work with them for four days and help sell their work. But how do we sort of sell their work all year round? I'm getting all this data from people that are coming through the door. Yeah. Um, how do we keep their profiles alive all year round? And obviously working with Saatchi Art has now enabled us to do that. Yeah, that, I think that's the thing, isn't it? That <clears throat> when you look at art fairs, they are event, they're essentially, they're like a little isolated moment in time. Yeah. And, you know, I know that we went through that process as well of how do we carry on working with the artist afterwards? Because otherwise you don't, you don't get the they don't get the full benefit of the experience just in that full day in that four day moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be able to, so much that can be done. Yeah, exactly. We're only human. You can only get as much traction in that short period of time mm. to sell the work. Whereas if you can come up with ideas that keep that going, and again going back to that, what's the opportunity now? I think actually this has definitely um, created some gaps where we think and you're obviously thinking the same, that actually we don't have to go back to just doing art fairs or just the model that we were doing before. We can do a, yeah. someone said to me, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do a mashup of everything. It'll yeah. be a mashup afterwards. It'll be a mashup of live. It'll be a, a, a mashup of some of this that we've been doing online. We'll yeah. definitely be carrying all of the learning forward so that what comes out will probably not be known for about another like two or three years yeah, what that's, that's going to look like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that. I mean, even though we're sort of thinking about virtual art fairs at the moment and what that looks like, there's lots of technology out there and sort of people sort of pitching the idea. Um, I haven't seen anything yet, which for me, which convinces me yet of what it will actually look like, like the no. successful version. I yeah. think there's sort of like the first version's out Mm. Um, I still think it's quite limited on what you can do and mm. because ultimately fundamentally the most important thing is how do we sell art yeah and that's what we're there for just an, yeah if it's just an experience online and people are just visiting it just to go and see what it's like then it's kind of not serving its purpose until it gets to a place where you can really be doing well through sales mm. um, and sort of helping artists that way then yeah, as yeah, we I mean, say, they, the they always yeah, they always have to eat and pay their mortgage like anyone else. And we you know, that's yeah. I mean, you know, that's the reality of life. You still got to pay your bills. And so we need yeah. to provide platforms and, and opportunities that do that. And I think interestingly, where we've been following the technology for so long, yeah. you know, as humans, we've been following the technology, all of a sudden in this um episode of lockdown, the technology is having to follow us. It's like, okay, this is what we want to do. Yeah. Where's the where's the technology to do that? Oh, it doesn't exist. And I know when I found this Crowdcast platform, um, I went on and I said to the people who were um, who developed it, like, okay, tell me what it can do. And they were like, well, hang on a minute, we've only been doing this for about a year, and we were doing it for like fourteen people in California. Yeah, 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 yeah. We weren't expecting it, you know, you were to want to come on and do, you know, live broadcasts every week. And I was like, well, I do, and I want to share my screen with youtube videos and la 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 and they're like okay you're gonna have to wait for us to ca yeah. catch up with you and develop yeah, the yeah. technology kind of in your wake and that's so we won't know will we 
what it's going to look like for a no, few years because no, no. suddenly the technology revolution is being driven by our need yeah yeah that's what you're saying yeah yeah whereas prior to that we were kind of going oh that's now available we can do that that's now available exactly, we can yeah. do that yeah. and we're now saying oh actually yeah. i need this now can you do this and they're going yeah, no right. we haven't got that yet so i'm really yeah. fascinated by that aspect as well um that has come about through this this moment in time of um the pandemic and everybody's experienced that pandemic differently i know um that you as a having a global business will experience presumably experienced it different going in and probably will experience it differently going out to me someone who's running just a business in the uk mm. yeah i mean i guess the main thing is like when we're looking at what fairs we're going to be running later on in the year like what we're doing in london where you're having to look at um government regulations into what you can do and mm -hmm what their plans are for sort of um, sort of um, was it easing us out of lockdown or however they yeah. want to put it in these different phases. Yeah. I guess we've got to be doing that for eight different cities. Yeah. Um, and also bearing in mind, whereas in the UK, it's all under one sort of government rule, rule essentially, whereas in the US, every state runs differently. So what's happening in Dallas is going to be very different to what's happening in LA or New York or where else, wherever else. Wow. Um, so we've really just got to keep on top on top of all of that. And it's and the other thing is, it's really not clear. No. It's really not clear. Um, I think we've had these conversations with other people, and it's you know, I think because we are in a democracy, very clear democracy. You know, a lot of it is being left to us to make decisions for ourselves. And whereas in some countries like France and Spain and Italy, um, the, the rules have been very clear and tightly adhered to and, and yeah. enforced um, with um, police, etc. Whereas we don't have that here or, you know, you're not going to have that in America. I know in Australia, they because my husband, um, I don't know whether you remember, he works for a, um, an Australian bank. And uh, um, who does he they, work for? He works for CBA, oh, right. Commonwealth Bank of Australia. Yeah, yeah. He's right here. He's sharing my office right now. <laughs> he could come into view at any minute. Um, so he's obviously, all their guys are working from home. But I know they've experienced um, the uh, pandemic quite differently over there because they closed mm. their borders earlier. So they're opening up a lot quicker um, over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, like pubs and restaurants and things like mm. that started to open now and the beaches yeah. are open. Yeah, I had a call um, from someone in France saying the pubs and restaurants and the beaches are opening as well down there, which is good. Anyone thinking of a holiday? <laughs> yeah, but the Europe's problem is you good. have to go into quarantine. I know, I know. That's the problem. Two weeks. I was saying if we drove down, where it's 11 hours from our house um, once we get across the tunnel, we'd have to stop. And if we stop, we've got to do two weeks quarantine. <laughs> It's going to take us about three months to get to our house, which yeah. is, you know, not practical, really. So we're probably just going to have to stay here and, uh, you know, and hope that the weather improves again. It was it has been beautiful. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so from a global perspective, at the moment, you've postponed the UK fairs until November? Uh, October. October. And are you in the yeah. same venues or have you had to change True, venues? Yeah. No, Truman Brewery. And we've got good, pretty good relationships with all of our venues. So they've been very accommodating and sort of moving dates and that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, so is that the first one you'll do? Uh, the the first one that we can, are you going to test me now? The first one will actually be in Sydney. So right. that's mid September. Then at the end of September, we're doing LA. Then at the beginning of October, oh no, then we're doing, yeah, beginning of October, then we're doing London, Chicago, and Dallas. So we're still, we're still, essentially, we're still trying to do uh, eight to yeah. nine fairs this year. Yeah, in the order, because I know locally to here, most of the, um, art fairs the small so the next tier down the ones yeah. no not the yeah. london and the other but the next tier down have all cancelled yeah. they've all been cancelled yeah. for this year so um i know well, that artists is, are very keen to know what the opportunities are because yeah. they need to sell as you said they need to sell no, exactly. their work exactly um the problem is also there's a, a cost implication to all of this as well meaning yeah. that to put on an event like yes. all the safety measures that you have to go through, uh, mm. you know, it's a huge cost. I mean, you have yeah. to in considerably increase cleaning, security, yeah. um, you know, yeah. all, all of these different measures. So, so that I understand means that, that lots aren't running this year. Yeah, that means that, uh, you know, for the smaller art fairs that are probably run by committee, who yeah. aren't run for profit, they they simply yeah. can't do that because they can't no, go to sure. the artist. Oh, instead of paying your normal £100, we need you to pay £500. Exactly. It's just not practical because... No, exactly. Most artists at that level are not going to be set, going to have any hope of selling that level of work to cover their cost plus yeah. their time. And yeah. so, yeah, so it is looking at all of those other opportunities. And um, I know with the artists that I work with um, directly one-to-one -one, that, and, you know, through the membership that there is, you know, a level of anxiety about that. And mm. it's, and, and I think it's encouraging. They, it's encouraging that the next level up is maintaining. So, you know, that there is a, a route. It's just now working out how that friends and family level, the ones who were, would have been still selling to their friends and family, maybe yeah. just getting up to the one more level on. Um, yeah what the opportunities are for them and yeah well i i would say i mean what we're observing at the moment is that online sales are going very well so if you can have as an artist you can have a strong online presence yeah then i think you know there are a lot of opportunities that exist for you there and what i mean by that is you know getting i mean instagram is the main place for that i mean if you have a strong instagram account and focus on getting your followers up and getting some interesting content on there I mean, I, I know a lot of artists that almost survive only through selling on Instagram. Um, it's quite saturated it's a, now, especially during the last three months. Instagram has become, I absolutely agree with you. I think online yeah. is is the, a, a place to, for them to explore and looking at the online platforms. Instagram, I have felt has become, especially with the artist support pledge. Have you seen yeah, that yeah. going on? I think that has caused a bit of saturation. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do think, like, as you said, Saatchi Online. Saatchi Online is a great platform. Absolutely great platform because Everybody they're should, promoting. Yeah, I think unless you, I think every artist should have a profile on that. Mm. And the key for that working for you, because everyone's, lots of artists say to me, well, I'm just going to be one of 80,000 artists on that. Mm. Yeah, but the, the, the reality is that if you're an active artist on it, meaning that you're constantly uploading work, you're in contact with the curators, you're, you know, you're proactive on it, then then it works. Then, you know, then you make lots of sales. I mean, we I were saying that. this. I mean, get, yeah. 
we were saying this just before we came on air, wasn't it? Weren't we? That it's like it's an energy exchange, and we always say, yeah. the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So if yeah. you are interactive with in us, life. you're t in life. That's just a, a rule for life. The more you put in, the more you get out. This energy, you know, the the laws of abundance. You know, if you invest your energy in something, you're going to get something um, back yeah. from it. And people who interact with us and email us and say, "Oh, can I have a chat and get involved with?" They get so much more out of the experience than the ones who come along and go, I just turned up for that day. I didn't interact. I left. But I didn't sell anything. I'm like, no. Yeah, I know. You, you, know. You, do have to in, you do have to invest your energy because that's how you get energy back. And yeah. that's really important that um, if you go onto these platforms. And I was having a conversation with someone um, this morning about um, Facebook. And I said, you know, Facebook own your followers. Same with Instagram. They're theirs. You have to work out how you can have um, a smaller but dynamic audience and grow that gradually. There's no point going, I've got 20,000 people in my audience. If half of them are robots or some GI from America who, who's never going to buy your work, you do need to actively keep your audience clean, manage it, you know, do it as you would any other um, business you go right i'm going to look at my audience no these people aren't active i need them out yeah. of my audience remove actively remove them from your audience so that the people that facebook and instagram algorithm is showing your work to is people who actually are likely to engage with you and are likely to buy it yeah. i do think you have to invest your time in those platforms yeah, yeah. And, look, and i totally understand from an artist's perspective it's for a lot of them it's uh, the last thing you want to do yeah you know you want to focus yeah. on making new work and talking about your work rather than mm. sort of focusing on the the business side because ultimately you know it's the business side of it which it's is the business the marketing side and sales mm. um but you know and look i totally get it as well i mean i the hardest thing for me running a fair is we run workshops in the lead up to the event and we'll be talking to artists and i try and meet as many people as possible and we talk about what really just to talk about the experience of what it's like to be on site for four days and yeah. give them all the tips. Now, the hardest thing for me is then to see artists, like you say, that don't do it necessarily because they're sitting in their chair. But I feel such pain for them because I know that it's so difficult. If you're not an extrovert, extroverted okay. person, then it's so against your nature to then be interacting with people and so you know and ultimately you have to be a bit charismatic and you have to be yeah. interesting i mean what a horrible difficult experience it is yeah we um, all come with our own personalities and you know i i know 10 years ago i was a completely different person i you know i wanted to hide behind a whole group of people i knew all the business stuff i knew how to do it technically i'm like yeah, yeah i can set this up for you technically don't ask me to stand up in front of people and talk to yeah. them and, and you have to but I realized that it was only going to be successful if I was prepared, like you say, you know, to put myself out there, to yeah. be brave, be a bit scared and just get on with it. And yeah. and now I find myself in the last three months, I'm just sitting and stare at a screen of myself, which has been quite horrific. Mm -hmm. And but it's really important because there is a very important message here is that, you know, all of these things are there for you. They're all there. It's just how you access them. We all understand some people find it difficult. Try and do it with a, you know, get in with a, find a tribe. Find your tribe, like Saatchi online. Yeah, find exactly, a tribe yeah. who 
support you if you find that really difficult. And as you do it and do it, grow a little bit of resilience every time, you'll find that you'll grow and you will be able to do it. You'll get there in the yeah. end. But do it slowly as it works for you. You know, we're not all out, outward extroverts. Um, the world would be a very exhausting place if we were. Yeah. Sometimes introverts come into the fair to buy work and they love it when they find someone who's quite quiet and introverted. Yeah, they're, that's you know, true. they're attracted to that kind of person. So it is just finding the right platform for you. And as I say, I agree, you know, Instagram is great. It is quite saturated. So you have to have your unique thing. Yeah. You know, you have to really push your unique angle. Um, Facebook for an older market is good. Facebook groups yeah. I found works really well. Yeah. Um, setting up a little group and doing something personal in a group, doing one of the online marketplace. We've just put together on Molly, my assistant has just put together a how to sell your artwork online guide. That's on issue if anyone wants to go in and have a look at that. And anyone who applies to us for um, any of our events like the Art360 or the Back to Basics gets a free copy of that. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. I'm just going to go and have a quick look at the questions now. I can see some comments being made in the side here. Um, Susan made, just, made a good point. Yeah, so teams work well where possible. Someone who can spark. Yeah, yes, pair up with another artist group where work. Mm. Absolutely. And you Definitely. can do that with the other art fair, can't you? You can yep. have um, do two artists in one booth. Well, you can either share a booth for somebody um or alternatively if you're doing a, a sort of uh show on your own then we always encourage you to come with somebody so yeah. somebody that knows your work whether that be a friend or, or somebody that works in art or yeah uh, just somebody that can talk talk about your work and that's nicer support. isn't it yeah it's nicer but also there's a practical um side to it as well meaning that if you're on your own you can only talk to one person most of the time, you know, more than one person is standing outside your booth trying to, you know, trying to look at your work. Yeah. So then at least you've got two opportunities for sale. Yeah, absolutely. Claire's saying, do you remember Whitstable? I'm not that. I think that's personal to you, Ryan. <laughs> Claire, Claire, Claire oh, no, Claire. Oh, no, no, Claire. Claire. So if someone in the, uh, in the chat is Claire, presumably. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so, okay, so we've got some questions. Let's go through some questions. So, um, We've got, there are many big galleries. You, If you click on the ask a question box at the bottom, you'll be able to read these for yourself. There oh, are right, many yeah, cool. There are many big galleries that show collectible work and smaller galleries that show not so collectible work. The artists that you show are prepared to face customers, whereas some do not want to face customers. Do you feel, and I mean this as part of the discussion, that you are undermining galleries for, for the not so savvy artist? Hold on, so let me just understand it. Uh, so there are many galleries that show collectible work in the small galleries that show not the artists that show. Yeah, right. Do you feel? Oh, I see. So I see what he's I see what he's saying. So he's saying by having an art fair. Yeah. Are we undermining the galleries um, for those that aren't so um, savvy, aren't so switched on? I don't think so. I think it's just another op it's just another op offering. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think we're also very clear. Like we're a fact which we're very not against galleries at all. In a perfect world, um, 
a, a gallerist would come to the other art fair and they would find an artist that they want to represent. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the best outcome. Um, yeah, that's always the, the outcome. Yeah. That's always you know, the outcome that we've driven for is that you get yeah, as lots they're the stories of galleries. You tell. Yeah, lots of galleries. But and yeah, I would say on. I know how desperately difficult it is for everybody at the moment, whether that be an artist, a fair or a gallerist. I mean, it's just really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, as you know, especially, I know, you know, I know lots, probably my most, my closest people to me in, in the art, in the industry are gallerists. And they're, you know, in full support and they see what we're doing. Um, you know, we're not set, we're not sort of taking any artists away from galleries. No. Um, lots of our artists will work with galleries as well. Um, I often do on introductions to galleries, to artists, yeah. um, if I think they're sort of appropriate and that sort of thing. Yeah, I I, I, yeah, I see your um, the fair that you do and the you know the way that we do them as very much being a feeder for galleries. Yeah, and and also helping the artists to become a bit more confident, and that's good for the galleries too. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I hopefully that answers. And if it's not, I'm sure Peter will come back and ask us another question. Yeah. Um, so Gabrielle has asked a couple of questions. What do you think about Etsy? Etsy the site Etsy. Yeah, Etsy's good. And is the commission taken by galleries very high? Well, typically it's around 50% for a gallery. Yeah. That's the sort of standard rate. I mean, it does vary, doesn't it? I mean, Saatchi Art is 35%. So Saatchi um, Online takes 35%. Right. I think most um, art galleries locally take between 40 and 45%. Right. But this obviously is a spectrum. Yeah. And then in London, I think the standard is 50, isn't it? But it can go yeah. over 50. And I have heard of situations where it's been 60%. I've heard 70. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's a, a massive thing to swallow for an artist. Um, and that's and I think you know galleries are trying to make a living too, aren't they? And if they're course, in an environment yeah. where the the rates are very high and the rents are yeah. very high and they're having to spend a lot of money and take all the risk up front, they take all the risk up front with the rental of the gallery. They take all the risk up front with going to an art fair, a gallery based art fair like the Affordable or uh, Art Basel or whatever they do. Yeah. They take the risk sometimes they feel that they're going to put on a higher percentage for artists and i suppose what you have to do is decide whether that's an environment you want to be in whether that's the part is that the park you want to play in mm. you've always got a decision to make yeah um in these contexts yes it's high i think we all recognize it's high um but they have a living to make too. And if we don't yeah. have galleries you won't have an opportunity to sell your work you'll no, be exactly, yeah. left with either showing it yourself um, or putting it online. So yeah. it's a, I would describe the commission as a necessary evil. You have to then decide what you, what you want. It's down to you. And so you price your work accordingly. Yeah, price your work, absolutely. So yes, Etsy is a great, a great um, online platform, especially for, um, uh, especially for, um, Someone like a glass artist. It's definitely a good um, good place to be. And yeah. I'm just going to do done answering that one as well. So um, 
This is from Fran. A new gallery in Lewis was due to open as lockdown started, so they immediately started showing online. Also, Hastings Contemporary uses a robot to show their current exhibition. I guess everyone will adjust to what suits them best. Yeah, I yeah. love... Have you seen that, Ryan, the robot? I haven't seen the robot. No, that sounds great. Super cool. Might actually be something, like you were say, just saying earlier, about how can we give the experience of an art fair to people um, in... Dallas of the one in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The robot is super cool because it can be it can go around with a curator and the curator can talk to the gallerists. And I'm not sure at the moment whether it's in two-way, but wouldn't that be cool yeah. if it was a two-way robot? So it was it's like a um it's like a, a camera on wheels basically and it's going round. Um I'm but sure how's that the only thing the only thing I I mean I haven't seen it, right? Mm. But how does that elevate the experience of? I mean, ultimately, if the if the if what we're trying to achieve is to sell art, yeah, how is that going to enhance what's already available? So, just simply seeing artwork online, seeing art online, it has to be dynamic like, to to make it have more value. In my opinion, yeah, it has to be dynamic. So you have to be able to have the dialogue across the exactly. screen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have the dialogue across the screen. That is just a um, a remote experience of a of an exhibition. But it's a good step forward, yeah. isn't it? It's then, as I said, yeah, how does that? How do you then get that technology to move on to suit mm. what you're looking for, which is this dynamic experience? Because for me, it has to be dynamic. I want yeah. people like we're having now, clearly talking on the you know having a conversation with us. We're responding to their questions in real time. So yeah. hopefully, um, yeah, Fran, that's a great suggestion. And I think, um, Ryan, that's something that maybe our Charlotte, she's very good at all that stuff. Yeah, exactly, she'll know. <laughs> she'll know. Jonathan Haightley says, re-online fairs, sales technology. What are your thoughts about timed art auctions? For example, selected artworks have a timed auction limit and countdown to generate interest to those potential customers who have a watch list. Oh, that was by Serena. <laughs> I mean, it does work, I think. Does it? Yeah. I, I haven't so. seen any of that, actually. Yeah, I think it works quite well, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, not every online platform will have that technology. Um, I think Saatchi do. I think Artfinder do. Um, so there's a few out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it works, doesn't it? I mean, I know for, for a fact, I mean, if I'm buying anything online and I've got that little box ticking down, it's going to make me make a decision. Ultimately, that's why I think art fairs work, because you have this defined period of time where you have to make a decision. So it's four days and, yeah. you know, it might be, you know, and you have to, you know that you have to make your decision in that period of time. Otherwise, you might miss out. Yeah, it's the rarity. Yes, uh, that's... A, yeah, and I guess that's what we're always thinking about as well, whatever we're doing online. It's like, how do you create that suspense? Yeah. And how do you get that sort of thing? Whereas this is definitely a way that that, that works. Yeah, scarcity. It's working on the scarcity and rarity yeah. model, which isn't that what we're always working with with artworks is like there's only one of them. Buy it now or you will have missed it. So we're yeah. working on that scarcity, rare, rarity model anyway. And when we're talking about artists... Um, developing their career and if their aspirations are quite high it's like well don't be prolific don't literally saturate the market because if you've yeah. saturated the 
market, then you've lost the scarcity rarity option. So yeah, yeah. I think uh, I haven't. I've I've seen the Matthew Barrows thing, and I see that you know some artists is going. Well, I've put these up, and these are up for four days, and if you don't buy them, then then that's it. And I yeah, and yeah, I see yeah. them sell really quickly on a basis yeah. of oh, they're only there for four days. So yeah. yeah. I think um it's definitely worth a go isn't it it's definitely worth um having a go so you say that sarchi have got that technology to do that i think they're doing that yeah i should know but yeah they, they are no <laughs> can, I know they are, yeah can so gabrielle can we apply to ryan to be part of his shows what are the costs for the art fairs so uh, yes you Absolutely. can yeah <laughs> go for it it's yes, online you can. It, it's on the website otherartfair.com the otherartfair.com um and you then select what fair you want to apply for, and then you go to artist and then apply. And then there's a short form that you just simply fill out. There's always a form. There's always a form. There's always a form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about the artist pledge? Well, I, I mean, personally, I think it's been a great initiative um, for artists to feel like they're doing something for themselves. Yeah. I know, I think it's great. Um, yeah, it got artists selling lots of work during this very difficult period. Yeah, I've bought some. Have you bought great. anything? Have you bought anything through the artist pledge? Um, I did contact one artist. Yeah, I'm still waiting to hear back from her. Actually, she's an artist oh. that actually has done the other art fair. Oh, you need to prompt her. I know. I I bought a couple of pieces now. I bought um, a piece from um, or several pieces from artists that I um, was already aware of and i'm and i'm watching one i'm watching one they haven't put up the piece that i want yet but i'm like keep doing it because you know i'm watching and and that that artist particular artist is the one that does the these are only they're this week's artworks and if you don't buy them then that's it it's gone and yeah, i'm yeah. like okay you've piqued my interest now and yeah. and i'm um i'm interested so yeah that kind of plays into the answer that we had just now is it is about the scarcity and rarity i'm thinking Oh, what if I don't? What if the one I want never appears, and yeah. and I miss two of those ones, and I quite liked that one, you know? So I, yeah, it does kind of play on um, my mind <laughs> a yeah. little bit. I'm like, no, it's okay. Be brave. I'm sure the one that you, you know, the perfect one for you will come along. But yeah, I have bought a few through that artist pledge. The only thing I was concerned about it was was it did seem to be artist buying artists, and it would be good. So I've yeah. been talking about a lot on here because i think i've said we've got a collector's base and i have been promoting it to the collectors saying yeah you know do you have you heard of this and they're like no i'm like well you should get on because if there's artists there who you really like they're selling works for 200 pounds you know yeah, it's a yeah, really yeah. Good starting point if you wanted to buy some you know get your children involved definitely, and in, definitely. in artwork this is you know get them to pick some so definitely. i really love that concept I think the opportunity for the artist pledge is still we've only scratched the surface of that. I think there's a massive opportunity for the um, emerging collector in that concept. I that agree. Someone like you with the capacity that you have could definitely take on and, you know, uh, look at how you could seg segue something like that into what you're offering with the art fair, because mm. it's, massive thing for collectors and getting you know kids buying yeah it's it's maximum 200 pounds i've seen loads of stuff for like 30 50 quid that yeah. you know if you if you can get the younger audience interested now 
they're the buyers of the future, aren't they? So yeah. Yeah, it looks like we might have another question. Let's have a go down. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we've got Myrna. For scarcity, what happens if you do four days promo and it's not sold, then you can't post it again as it looks like you've made it up? How do you deal with that? So that's the it goes up on auction or it goes and they say it's for four days and then they don't sell it what do they do then because they can't put it back up again because that kind of, it's like when we say there's a deadline to submit yeah and then you get to the I deadline and you go i've extended the deadline and you, yeah, you yeah, lose yeah. all credibility no exactly i think you just have to take it down you just have to take it I down mean, yeah and then try again at another time yeah that's what i would say is i would some some space in space. between yeah i would say give the um put up a different piece say spin it that was great thank you all for taking so much attention you showed so much interest in that piece i've put another piece up so you kind of engender a bit more excitement because you've spun it that everyone was interested and um so so much so that you put another piece up and um you put something different and then in like six months time you bring that piece back and you yeah. you show that piece again the right buyer hasn't yeah the right buyer hasn't seen it absolutely the right buyer didn't see it it's not that yeah. it wasn't right it's not wrong exactly yeah yeah, yeah. The right buyer you know as we say you know you've got previously 1500 5000 people walking through a fair it's a, a bit like you know selling houses isn't it it's like you've got a massive market for buying semi detached and you've got a smaller market for buying detached and you've got a tiny market for mansions exactly the same in the art world where however yeah. you want to do your analogy i would yeah. say either the houses or the are you selling at the little level or are you at the fortnum and mason level and if you're up there then there's going to be less people walking by who've got that money yeah. and are able to buy from you so always see it as an opportunity to go that was an excitement let's kind of keep building on the excitement keep going and build yeah. the momentum so yeah hopefully that answers your question Myrna. just keep going and um build on the momentum i'm just trying to find where myrna's question was there done answering and then we've got another one here from kimball howdy one of the issues i've found with selling online is that from photographs you don't really get a good sense of what the painting really looks like what kind of possibilities are there for videos of painting for online versions of the other art art fair you, you can do videos of your work and upload those as well. Yeah, so you can do videos. Yeah, you can do videos, yeah. Yeah, we're promoting videos now. We're saying with the Art360 event, send us a video. We'll embed it into the magazine. We'll put it onto YouTube. We'll set, we'll show it on social media. Yeah. Because people see something dynamic and exciting, don't they? Yeah. Um, no, they definitely do. Yeah. Um, so that one. And the yes. more you get recognised as an artist as well, the more people have confidence in buying from you whether that be online or a fair or in a gallery. Um, so I think as an artist, you really have to think about your sort of profile. Um, yes. And sort of building that. Isn't that the same for all of us? We have to build up a trust. Yeah. And it's I building think, trust. I think somebody mentioned a little bit earlier on, which was like something about how do I build my profile or something? Yeah. <clears throat> or how do I stand out? And I think it's not... I, don't, I think if that's your starting point of how do I stand out, I think you might not eventually get there. I think it's more about considering who you are as an individual and what you're saying with your work and not really worried about... If you start from the viewer's perspective, then you might get it wrong. 
Whereas yeah. if you're thinking just all about authenticity and like, what's your message? Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because ultimately the truth will come through and people will be able to see that. I mean, often I do see, yeah, I do see sometimes it's, well, okay. So it's so obvious to me when an artist is making artwork for the viewer. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's very difficult. I think it's very difficult to connect to that type of work. Yeah. So you're being driven um, by. So I would describe that as more of a retail artist. They're they're being driven yeah. by the audience. They're a retailer. So when we're saying what kind of artist you want to be, what's your aspiration? Is mm. it a, a, a fine artist? Is it a retail artist? If it's a retail artist, there is a forum for you. It's not wrong. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. wrong. It's just yeah. different. It, yeah. But you have to find your you have to find your tribe. You have to find your forum for that when yeah. you're doing it yeah, totally. more of a retail perspective and be authentic in that. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I think as you maintain your authenticity and your integrity, speak what you mean. Yeah. Be, be plain um, in plain English or whatever language you speak um, and be authentic in your message. Don't try and um, be indirect and talking riddles because people don't respond to that. And, you know, keep it direct. This is what I am. Be honest about it. And, mm. and then you'll find your following. You'll find your audience. It yeah. will find it will find you. Um, yeah, I think that's a really important point. Yeah. So that was um, uh, we've done that. What sort of galleries are uh, Ryan? Do you have many glass artists exhibiting with you? Uh, we don't, not necessarily. No. No. It's unusual. It's not so that we wouldn't. It's just. Yeah, I think we've got quite a few glass artists and of quite a high level and. Um, you know, I think the other art fair is something I would encourage them to do, yeah, uh, and to apply for. Um, having seen how successful people are, and and definitely apply and do it in conjunction with the Saatchi online as well. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, we've answered that one. Um, and then I find a lot of people decide on buying pieces when they see them in the flesh, as they can see the quality, scale, and the frame, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think we all agree with that. Um, yeah, we all agree. And look, there's some work which photographs better and shows better online than others, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's no, there's nothing really that sort of replaces the real life experience. Also, the connection to the artist. I mean, often, I mean, I'd say almost every piece I've bought has not been solely because I've fallen in love with the art. Art. It's almost I've fallen in love with the artist as well. And I think yeah. that's a lot harder sort of to get across online. Yeah, it's a relationship, isn't it? It's that relationship of yeah. um, that you, you build um, with someone. And I know I collect a lot of artists because of the relationship. In fact, I'm going to be interviewing one of my all-time favourite artists that I've been collecting for like 25 years um, during July for, as part of the Art360. And he's um, based in San Francisco. He's called Daniel, mm. Daniel Merriman. And um, I'm very excited to interview him. And, uh, yeah, I've been collecting him for a while. And pretty much, you know, if he puts it out, I'm, he knows he's going to get me on the, at the end of the hook. Because, <laughs> you know, I like him as a person. I like his family. I have a relationship yeah. with him. And I love his work. So, you know, it, it, you're in. You're all in on every trigger yeah. that you're going to see. So um, Hildegard said, I did exhibit my glass 2D artwork at the March 2018 one and found a London gallery that way. Thank you yeah. to the other artwork. Yes, go, Hildegard. 
Go Hildegard. So um, for selecting. So thank you for selecting my work. You're very, I'm sure Ryan would say you're very welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for doing the fair. Yeah, no, I remember Hildegard doing it and yeah, the gallery coming out of it. So how often do you do these promo selling so it will be the right balance? Well, again, that's this scarcity and, um, and rarity thing. You don't want to be oversaturating the market no. all the time. It's a balance of everything. You do an art fair, you do a promo, you do something on Instagram, you, you do... Um, some other work with uh, locally with a gallery you know just try and get a balance of everything because yeah. it's all it's all a gradual growth in your trajectory as an artist and yeah. try and move outside of your bubble so if you're selling mainly in london i don't know about how many um submissions you get for the other art fairs in um in other pl places in the world from artists who are based in the uk does that is that a thing yeah quite a lot actually um, I think the success, the ones that do really well in London will then apply to other fairs. Um, although I would say that for the, well, at least for the rest of this year, we're going to discourage people from doing international fairs. You know, do you I think, think there's a way of helping future... them do that? Sorry? Is there, do you think there could be a way of helping people to do that, which would mean they didn't have to travel? I think it's a bit early to say. Meaning that, yeah, in theory, you could send work and you could have curators or salespeople on a booth and so their work could still be shown. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the solution. Also, there's issues around customs at the moment and right. things going in and out. So that's, I think, right. for the remainder of this year. Um, thinking about the sort of future of fairs, a lot is being said at the moment is that you've got these big international art fairs. They're the ones that are going to struggle. They're the ones that are going to really have problems because they've got 100,000 collectors or visitors coming in from every country in the world. There are galleries coming in from everywhere in the world. I mean, it's like, how do they keep that business model going? That, I mean, that's going to be a real challenge. Fundamentally, our fairs are local fairs for local artists, supporting local artists for local collectors mm. in the main, right? So, you know, if we're doing a fair in London, the majority are London artists, and that's what we're going to be more focused on. Not only London artists, it's not London-centric, it's, it's more like UK artists, right? Yeah, yeah, UK um, artists. UK artists. So, you know, and it's how do we collect, connect to then UK collectors? Um, yeah. And that's going to be for all of our fairs, I think. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that we've got a more, I don't know... I say an easier, better chance, sort of with that approach, not having the sort of worry about people flying in. So, sorry, there was a bit of noise in the background here. As a okay. child finished his school day learning, oh, yeah. <laughs> flying, I could see Yay. him running up towards my office, and I was like, "There's going to be a yell as he comes." So I was like, "Quick, toggle mic off." Um, okay. uh, but he's okay. He's outside now. You probably can hear him. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. Um, but that does still leave that problem of how do people expand their audience outside of their bubble? And in the UK, yeah, people in Manchester can come to London and London to Manchester. Yeah. Do you think there is an opportunity for you to expand the other art fairs within the UK to other Possibly. centres? I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say no. I mean, the obvious choices would be Manchester. Mm -hmm. Um, although I'm very good friends with the person that runs the, the guy that runs the Buy Art Fair and also Manchester Contemporary. 
Mm. And it's a smaller market, and I don't think, you know, I wouldn't want to go in and Saturate. compete with him. No, yeah. I mean, it just, it's not necessary. I think he's doing a good job already. Yeah. Um, we've done Bristol before. Yeah. Bristol, is, I mean, it's a, it's a challenging market. I mean, you know, uh, we, we rely on huge footfall of people coming through. Yeah. And also in a position to be spending money. Um, and because our price points are sort of at the lower end, we need to be selling quite a lot. Yeah. And I think we found that quite a challenge in Bristol. So mm. it's not mm. to say that we wouldn't do another regional fair. Mm. Um, and perhaps this means that, you know, we'll make us look at that again. Mm. Mm. Um, but I mean, nothing this year or no. probably next. No, I, mean, I know we've cancelled our fair for this year and said we'll mm. do something at some point when it's yeah. possible. But as you say, yeah. because it's so expensive to run an art fair, yeah. in, in the first instance, you with all the um, everything you have to hire anyway, um, just adding in that extra level of health and safety just does put its viability under question a little bit. But yeah, yeah. that's interesting because if we're not going to be traveling and the opportunities to expand your network of buyers outside of the UK is shrinking for a period of time, then it's interesting. How are you going to expand within the market that you're in? And yeah, that's another question, isn't it? So there's lots of opportunities for us as um, event organisers to think about and think about what we could do. So I think we've got, we're coming up to five past two. So we've gone over, I knew this would happen. I knew when I got you on here, there'd be like million questions. So um, we've got one more question on here, which is um, how important is an artist's CV? And I think that's a question I get asked a million times a day. For you, when people submit to you, how important is that CV when you look at it for selection and et cetera? I think it is important. And I think, but when I say important, I think what I personally look for, and it's different for everybody. So our selection committee members will look at it differently, I'm sure. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for people to have gone to the best school and done the best degree or MA. That's not necessarily, I think it's more about showing being proactive mm. so it's showing that you are doing things it's not like you know you've sort of done a maybe done a degree then you've done a show and then you've had like a two-year break where you haven't bothered doing anything and, you know and there's all this sort of disjointedness throughout the cv like it feels like you're a bit of a bit part artist if you like yeah. i think to show that you're committed and look i get it life experiences mean that sometimes you've got to go off and do another job or you have kids or whatever it may be but I think maybe like showing that there's a consistent period of time where you're all dedicated to your practice. And I mm -hmm. think that also feeds into, and why I'm probably interested in that also, is that those artists are the ones that succeed at the fair. Now, I've always said the fair is not for every artist. Like if you're you know, really introverted, then it's gonna be difficult. If you're not somebody that feels comfortable talking about their work and they prefer a gallerist to work on their behalf, again, you know, it might not work for you. Um, so there is a certain type of artist, I guess, that the fair does work for. And it's the ones that are maybe a little bit more entrepreneurial, a little bit more business-minded, perhaps. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, so I, that it's commitment to sort of their practice, I think, sort yeah, of... Yeah, it's interesting. I would, and I hope uh, Hildegard wouldn't disagree with me here. I wouldn't say Hildegard is not the most outgoing of artists, and yet she was successful. Yeah. I know that she really pushed herself out of her comfort yeah. zone. So, yeah, but she's a very committed, consistent 
exhibitor yeah. always trying to do new things, set up a, collect, a collaborative gallery, et cetera, et cetera. And I, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. You know, if you're someone who's going to throw yourself into this, not think that there's going to be a plan B, but really fully commit to it, then, yeah, that's for me, when I'm looking at an artist's CV, yeah. I'm looking at someone who's who's proactive, who's happy to invest, put their money where their mouth is, put their energy yeah. where their mouth is, really. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's, yeah, great answer. I think it is important, but it's not important to have a classic training. It's important yeah. to be committed to your craft, yeah. is what I would say. Yeah. And can you explain a bit more about Pure 360 and what benefits you get? I did the other art fair. I absolutely would love to, Myrna. <laughs> So Art360 is a brand new event that we've um, developed during lockdown. And it's very much using the technology that's available up to us right now to make something dynamic, to fill the void that is going to be missed in September and October by um, artists who can't participate in open studios, who can't participate in local art fairs. And it's a dynamic opportunity because it's interactive. So it's not just put your art online and we'll just do a big marketing campaign. No, we'll put it into a magazine that we will then promote. But the magazine is interactive. So it'll have video in it. It'll have live interviews in it. It'll have hyperlinks. And then 30 of the artists who submit will then be selected to do these. So these lives from their studio and sell direct to their audience. So instead of questions... Well, there'll probably be questions as well. There'll be, do you want to buy this piece? Hold it up. Tell them how much it is, as you would in your studio through an open studios event or as you would in your booth. You go, this is this piece and it's 300 pounds or it's 600 pounds or it's 2000 pounds. If you're interested in that. Yeah, great. Give me your details. I'll contact you and we'll do the transaction. So Art360 has been developed to be dynamic, not a just a static um, thing and I'm hoping that lots of well we've already had loads of submissions so I'm see I can see that we've picked we've hit a sweet spot hopefully of things that some people will find the lives difficult I would say it's a bit like you said art fairs aren't for everyone lives aren't for everyone open studios isn't for everyone but if you can mm. be brave we will be there to hold your hand because you'll be doing an open studio with me as your curator so all 30 will have me talking to them like this, having a chat, talking to them about their artwork, asking the questions, managing the questions online. So, yeah, if you want to apply, pureartsgroup.co.uk, homepage, learn more, apply here. It's very straightforward. Um, and there is a form. Sorry. There is a form. There's always a form. So I think we've got one time for one more question. And Myrna. Um, what's your collector's base like? Oh, I did live before I used to be a teacher. Our collector's base has been established since 2009, so it's quite robust. We sell our art fairs in, like you said, in four days. We sell several hundred pieces of work every time. So I'm quite confident that our collector base will be there. But also what we've been doing during this time with these lives is creating a new audience for you. So we're seeing um, up to 30,000 people watching these lives. So um, that's the new audience that we're developing and that's a worldwide audience. So uh, yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, that has been fabulous. There were a lot of questions. <laughs> we had a lot of questions. I knew we would, but that's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed Hope it. Thank you. Have enjoyed yourself. And um, 
the guys always have loads of questions to ask. And if you've got more questions, how can they contact you directly after this? Ryan at theotherartfair.com. So if you don't mind putting that in the sidebar chat for everyone, um, contact Ryan. If you want to apply to the Other Art Fair, then um, go onto the website, the Other Art Fair, and there's a form. If you want to apply to Art360, go onto the Pure Arts Group site and there's a form and you can fill out. And yeah, we'd love to we'd love to have you. And I'm sure, you know, as things start to roll back out, we will, as the providers, make sure that everything's health and safety and we'll do all the things we've said. Yeah, keep keep Charlotte coming up with the ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep <laughs> Charlotte on board because we like Charlotte. How is all the other lovely people at the mm. other art fair? Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, yeah I, everybody's um, still around and working hard. So right. Great. I had the privilege as part of my master's to interview lots of your staff. You probably remember. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. My master's. And it was a joy. And um, I did really well. And I'm now in the process of potentially doing a PhD. So watch this space. Oh, I might be back knocking on your door. Great. To do yeah, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Are you still all not now, but you're still in your office in Covent Garden? No, we recently moved to London Bridge. Ah, oh, I love a bit more space. Yeah. I know. So did I. But yeah, it's very fuzzy, but brilliant. Well, give my, love, give my love to everybody um, back at the uh, homestead. And uh, hopefully in maybe in October, November, maybe come back and have another chat and let us yeah, know how it's going. But it's been yeah. brilliant. Thank you all so Thank much so for being much. here. That's all will be live on Facebook. That's all been live streamed on Facebook, so anyone can see it there. I'll download the video. And as always... Um, that will be on the Pure Arts Group watch page. You can watch it at your leisure whenever you want to. Now, Ryan's son can have his headphones back. Yeah, he can. <laughs> I'm sure your ears are burning by now. That must have really it's been really quite tight. Yeah, really tight. <laughs> I'm like this. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And cool. thank you for joining us. Super cool. Really enjoyed it. And we'll speak soon. I'm going to end the broadcast now. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.